Good morning, Rabotai. Breakfast in the class today is sponsored by Orit and Oshrat Shohet. Loving memory of their sister, Efrat Shohet. And breakfast also sponsored by Ralph Franco in honor of his grandparents, Lorraine and Ralph Franco. We're also honored to have with us here today our Hatan, uh, Mr. Shehebar, and uh, to, to Julie Cohen as well, now Julie Shehebar. Mabruk and Mazalto. The Pasuk says, And they mentioned to Yaakov all the words of Yosef that he had spoken to them. Yosef. Yosef sent carriages. Um, and when Yaakov saw the ones, the carriages he sent, to uh, transport him, and suddenly the spirit of Yaakov, their father, for the first time in, uh, in over two decades, was brought back to life. The, the uh, um, commentaries explain the name of the Gemara. Rashi brings it down. That why did Yaakov, why was he rejoicing in the fact that he saw these carriages, these agalot? Siman masar lahem. He gave a siman, a sign to Yaakov through the brothers. What were they dealing with? What were they doing on the day that Yosef left Yaakov all those years ago? They were dealing with the sugya of the egla arufa. What happens? What's the halakha when a person is killed? in between two cities. We don't know who the murderer is. So we measure the distance and we find which city he's closer to. And that city as a responsibility for the fact that they did not provide adequate protection. They have the korban, the, uh, sorry, the process of the egla arufa. That's uh, done with the egla. <clears throat> now, because he sent the agalot, it indicated that there was another agala or egla that he was referring to. And Yaakov understood because I'm sure for all those years, what he replayed in his mind again and again and again and again was the scene, was the last time he saw him. And the last time he saw him, what was he looking at? He was looking at Egla. Now, the Chachamim explained to us uh, what this actually means. You know, um, the more a person has emunan mitachon, the more they're plugged into the, uh, the messages that God is sending them. And the great tzaddikim of years gone by uh, were able to understand in the smallest details, they were able to see the hand of God. If you can see the details in your life, then you can see HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And they would ask themselves, why is it that I'm studying today? Why is it that the part that I came to, why is it that the parashah that we're reading, the Gemara that I'm studying, the situation that I'm in, why is it happening to me now? And they're able to interpret and understand what it is that connects that thing to what it is that they're supposed to learn. In fact, there's an amazing story, I believe it was told, uh, in connection with the rabbi of the Hafez Chaim. He was walking down the street on Shabbat, and all of a sudden, somebody shouts at him, an anti-Semitic uh, slur. They yell, at out, they yell at him, they say, you dirty Jew. He stops in his tracks, and he starts reaching in his pockets, and he's checking all of his pockets. And he finds in one of his pockets actually that there's something that he's been carrying. And he turns to his student, he says, look, you see, I was carrying. And the student says, yes, but I don't get the segue. What a non sequitur. The guy shouts, dirty Jew, and you check your pockets? Good, I see now that actually you were carrying and it's saving you from being, from carrying on Shabbat. But what's the kesher? What's the shaykhut? What's the connection? Why did one lead you to the other? And the rabbi said something unbelievable. 
He said he called me a dirty Jew, and I thought to myself, why is Hashem sending this sound, this slur my way? Of course, that guy, he's a, he's a bigot, he's a racist, God will deal with him in the right time. But why did I need to hear that? What did I do wrong that, that's, that, that, um, uh, that, that was directed in my way? It's not a nice thing when someone shouts at you that way. Why was I uh, destined to be able to experience that? He says, and I realized that if the claim that he made was that I was dirty, what is a dirty person? They have dirt on them. It must be that there's something on me which is dirty. So I thought to myself, today is Shabbat, if that's the case, it must be, it must be that I'm carrying something. Do you understand the level of clarity? And Achen, what happens? He looks in his pockets and he's, and he's carrying something. Now, I, I need you to understand the level and the message that sits behind this. Baruch Amen. The message that sits behind this is something which I think is very, very powerful as well. <clears throat> and that is that our lives are a tailor-made experience. What do I mean by that? Sometimes we think that the situations that we're in that come up every day, they're random situations and we need to deal with them in the best way that we know how. But what if life was actually something that we looked at completely different? What if at the center of our universe was just us? And the world and everything that happened in it revolved around us, around what we, not what we wanted. Not that the world revolves, revolves around me in a narcissistic way, but rather in, uh, the world revolves around me with regards to what I need. And what I need means, what is it that I'm supposed to accomplish in this world? That was why we were created. In fact, the Gemara says, Bishmili nivra olam, the world was created for me. That does not mean that every opportunity, that every ice cream, that every dollar was designed for me. That's a narcissistic view of the world. But what it means is that the world was created for me, bishvili, the word bishvili doesn't only mean for me, but the word shvil also means a path. Bishvili nivraha olam. The world was and is constantly recreated to offer me a path, to show me a way to light up the road in front of me, to to deliver me, to take me from where I am to the person I'm supposed to marry, to the business deal I'm supposed to close, to the opportunity in parenting that I'm supposed to be able to manage, to, to meet the people that are supposed to help and give me advice and guide me on life's difficult things so that people can make comments to me out of the blue that actually really resonate to me and there's no way that they could have known that that was something that I needed to hear. Again and again and again we witnessed this. The only challenge in our life is when we believe that the only person driving the bus is ourselves, we don't look at anybody else and anything else that happens to me because I'm the only one that controls my environment. When a person has the humility to recognize that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is actually guiding him to his, uh, to his destination, like we say every day, HaMechin Mitzadeh Gaver, God prepares the steps of man this, <clears throat> suddenly we begin to, begin to realize things a little bit differently. Rabotai, I want to share with you a small example, a silly example of something like this that occurred uh, to me a long time ago. I, uh, I loved ca- uh, taking pictures. I loved being, an, I was like an amateur photographer. And I had a little small point and shoot. And I decided that I wanted to upgrade to a nice SLR, to one of those big cameras with the nice lenses where you could zoom in, it was very sharp. And I thought, you know, it would be nice if I could take pictures. And I really wanted to do it, but I didn't have the extra cash. 
lying around. I went at the time to, some of you who live in Deal will remember a place called Jersey Camera. <clears throat> I went into Jersey Camera, right next to a, a, a right next to, what is it, ShopRite or Food Town, uh, on, on the Highway 35 and, and the corner of Deal Road, right? Mabarif. I walk into the store and I finally find this amazing camera that I wanted to buy. A fantastic lens, you know, unbelievable shutter speed, aperture, completely controlled or automatic, whatever you wanted. It was unbelievable. And I asked the guy, how much money does it cost? And he gives me a quote. He tells me how much it is. It was like maybe four or $500. I reach into my pocket. I want to see how much I've got. And I had maybe, you know, 200 or whatever it was, but I didn't have enough to be able to take the plunge to buy this, uh, this camera that I really wanted. Anyway, the guy says, do you want to you play around with the camera? I said, sure, absolutely. And I do what we all do when we go to a camera. We start zooming in on different parts of the store. Everyone has done this. Taking random pictures of the sign that's the furthest away from you in the store. You want to see how good the zoom is. Anyway, so I'm sitting there pointing the camera, shooting around. As I'm, you know, I'm playing with the lens and I zoom in around the store, the lens, the shot of the lens falls on a small folded pile of money. I put the camera down, I walk across the store, I pick up the money, how much money is there? The $300 exactly what I need in order to be able to purchase the camera. So I walk straight up to the store owner and I say to the guy, I said, um, do you lose any money? Actually, I just found some money in the store. And he says, nope, it's not mine. I said, is there any way of identifying who the money is from? He said, no, we had a lot of customers this morning. There's no way of drawing it down. This is before the days that everybody had CCTV. He says, if you found the money, it was clearly intended for God, uh, by God for you to keep it. I took out his Jewish guy. I took out the $200 I had, the $300 I found. I paid exactly for the camera. I had no change. It was exactly what I needed in order to buy the camera. Now, I need you to understand, that's a story with very, very little relevance. Because at the time, what I needed or what I wanted was a camera. But what if the at the time, what you need or what you want is the ability to find someone who's going to be a partner in your life? What if you need or what you want in that time is the ability to find someone who's going to sit and learn with you or is going to connect you to some, to, to some level of Torah? Or what if the thing that you need is an opportunity to get hired? Just yesterday, I met a young man who's quitting his job. He's looking for a new job and he's asking me if anyone in the community you know, is, uh, is hiring somebody. It's a chance conversation with the rabbi. He was asking me more on the halachic side. But it could be that the connections that I have with people in the community might actually yield them something. So when he came to ask me a question in halakha and I got the fullness of the story, it might wind up being that I'm the shaliyah for him to actually find him a job. And even though he approached me for one reason, like the pasuk says, uh, and you know, I thought it for one thing, but God thought, God had other thoughts. And when HaKadosh Baruch Hu, uh, is trying to guide us to the place that he wants us to and we are open to it, suddenly the random occurrences of our life become key indicators and signposts taking us to where it is that we're supposed to go. Baruch Adonai Le'olam.